This podcast, just so you know, is the opposite of perfect. We're making a podcast for people to listen to, um, but I think it's I think it's really cool. My nipples out again. <laughs> I fix it. It's fine. I, I don't know why I keep talking about fried dough today. It's so weird. Alondra, I were on the phone yesterday, and I was being sour, and I, and I could tell she wanted to get off the phone. I took offense to it. Yeah, I was like, oh, what the fuck? Right? What are you talking about? Like, you look good. Like, relax. I want to be a part of the culture that says stop that shit. What What are you like? What are you trying to prove? But guess what? I'm not crazy, and I think that is so fitting for this fucking podcast. Welcome back. I'm sorry about last week. My mic was so loud. I'm like still cringing about it. We tried. So I hope to this test is it. better. We tried to test it out in the beginning, guys, and it was just as per usual a shit show. But welcome back. We're so excited to do this episode. To be here, season two, episode two. Um, yeah, that's. I feel like that's luck. There, something interesting is going on there. Anyways, before we start, please, please. Please, me and Miranda want to take a moment to ask you guys to please go rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Negative, positive, anything. We just want your ratings. We don't care if it's bad. Just just rate us. Be honest. Yeah. Sorry to be a Karen, but you have to. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, absolutely. Like, negative or positive, if you like hearing Alondra better than my raspy voice, like, whatever you think we should know, put it on. Or yeah. just click one of the stars. We won't be offended. I think some people would like your raspy voice, too. It's pretty, like, sexy. And Thank uh, you. Yeah, and speaking of uh, sexy, this episode is about sexuality. And what's more sexy than sexuality? Actually, let me correct myself. Sometimes sexuality isn't sexual or sexy at all. Sometimes it's asexual. We'll get to that later, later, later. When we're more educated. But right now we want to talk about sexuality and what it means in our romantic lives, our sexual lives, what it means in our friendships, just what it means. So, Miranda, tell me about your sexuality. So I obviously identify as a straight female. Mm-hmm. Um, I've only ever been with, with men. Um, but I, I definitely like am attracted to girls. Like I think that women are beautiful. And there's, I definitely, like, sometimes we'll see girls and I'm like, oh, wow, she's hot. But I've never, um, like, been sexual with a woman or, like, even anywhere close to that, any conversations, like, nothing. It's always just been strictly with men. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's, like, not a bad thing. That's actually no, great yeah, no. to own your sexuality and say this is who I am. And Miranda does have a lot of, you know, bisexual, queer... um gay friends she does and it's quite interesting because we were talking about this we're like what do we have to say about sexuality like how much do her and i know 
And then I started thinking about it and I was like, wait, holy shit. I was like, Miranda, your sexuality comes out in like such unique ways. And one of the ways I've noticed with her over the years is like how she is in relationships with men. It's quite interesting. Oh god. So as a as a heterosexual woman, I have always seen this exuberant amount of dominance and this masculinity come out of Miranda through relationships. So Miranda, I want to know your thoughts on that. I definitely think there's like certain situations and I like let the other person, or the other man like be, be the more dominant one. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I don't like to admit that. Ooh. Um so yeah. Yeah, I was telling someone one time I was like this is an interesting fact that I've kind of noticed like through studying sex is that the more you can be balanced, so the more you can show dominance and be submissive and you can go back and forth like a cycle, the more that shows mental stability. So what I mean by this is if you are the partner during sex that always needs to be dominant, always needs to have control, that might show there's something going on with you where you felt like you lost control in your life. Let me say that again. There must be something going on with you where you feel the need you have to always be in control. That's not just in sex. That's in romance, too. Yeah, and Alondra, me, yeah. I think that that's really interesting. Um, and I guess I never thought about it until, like, you said that on the trip. But I feel like that's so true. And I feel like for me, like, I definitely have lost control in certain situations in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely think that's where a lot of my, like, dominant features, like, qualities come from. And it's kind of almost like, like a power trip. Like, after you lose power and then you gain it back again. Ooh. It's almost I like, like yeah, it's almost like you, um, you kind of stay on that like high of it. Miranda, what is it like for you when you do lose control? If you ever do during sex, during romance, dating, whatever it may be. It depends on the situation, especially like in relationships, like it has to be more equal. So sometimes I think it humbles me a little bit and I'm like, all right, maybe I don't have to be like this all the time, or maybe I can't be like this with certain personalities because it doesn't like mash well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um yeah and especially like when me and you have like these little conversations yeah we got to talking about sexuality this week and it's interesting to have someone on this podcast with me who is identifying as heterosexual is saying that even though she is straight she's not afraid to experiment with her sexuality in other ways and experiment with gender norms in other ways that's oh yeah, very... like I've I've been out like I've been out at the bar and like knew that other women were like strictly into women and I've like had conversations with them just to like I mean I I like to talk to people in general but just to like see like how it's different than talking to men and it definitely is. Mhm. But it's never like it's never been to a point where I'm like oh I want to go home with that person like it's never been like sexual I think it's just like talking. Yeah, no, I feel that. Because I'm sure that those girls know that I'm straight. So this brings me to a good point, is that during this episode, we want to make clear that what we're trying to talk about here is sexuality being a spectrum. This means that there is no... So there's, there's completely straight, completely heterosexual, and then there's completely gay, right? So you have the opposite end. And then you have the middle, which would be bisexual, pansexual, um... Yes. So that would be the middle. And p- 
people fall somewhere on that line. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you guys right now, and I'm going to say this out loud for probably one of the first times in, in like a public sense is like, I am definitely not straight, but I am definitely not gay. Clearly, I have. Oh, yes. The cat's out of the bag. Sorry, Papa, but here we go. So I have, I am in the middle ground. I wouldn't put myself at bisexual, pansexual, like dead in the middle. I'd probably put myself more towards straight because I consider myself to be heteroromantic and sexually I could entertain women and have yes and um yeah it's been quite fun it's been quite a journey I thought it was a phase the phase never faded and here we are so yeah and oh Alondra, so what you know how yes. like every well you know how people say like everyone's a little bi or there's like bi curious I feel like when we were mm-hmm. like in high school going into college the word like bi curious was like people were like talking about that more like like what do you think of people that so it would be like myself that would like in in you that would like experiment with the other sex but when it comes to being like romantic or like dating it would still be with the same sex like I feel like that's a very common that just Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't talk about and they're not open with because they're like well obviously I date men or I date women like that's what I've always been into like I don't have to share with people or I can, I can kind of hide that like behind closed doors. I do mess with the opposite sex. No, Miranda, that is such a good question because I was talking about this with one of your friends actually this weekend and one of our mutual friends um, mm-hmm. recently. And we talked about like the fact that people think sex and romance are the exact same thing. So if I have sex with men, that means I must only be romantic with men Or if I have sex with men and women, that means I must be romantic with men and women as well. That is not Mm -hmm. true. Actually, in Gen Z and Gen Y, a.k.a. millennials, we have completely shifted that. Bicurious is a thing of the past. Let me tell you why. Yeah, because I haven't heard it lately. No, seriously, me either. And I think that's because our, our generation and the generation below us have actually challenged that. And mm-hmm. instead of saying, because you've experimented with women and men, that means you're bi-curious, you're not sure. Well, who the fuck cares what you are exactly? But let me tell you this. If you do experiment and you don't like it, okay, you tried it. You don't have to freaking call yourself bi-curious. You tried it out. You, were, you went, you shifted a little bit on the spectrum. You shifted a little bit and that is okay. And you can shift back if you so choose to. A lot of people, I think, just fall on the spectrum and don't realize that they're just moving back and forth on the spectrum. So you're moving constantly from being completely straight and being completely gay or middle ground, completely bisexual or pansexual. And for those of you who don't know, pansexual means soul because some people are gender nonconforming. And, you know, so people will be interested in someone who's gender gender nonconforming. So... What, Alondra, what do you by, Yeah, sorry. Go on. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, you're good, girl. I Just go. I'll be on a rant all day um, if you don't cut me off. What do you think when people say, like, I always feel bad for people who are bi um, and are very clear about it because I feel like they're, and I've heard people say, well, like, you definitely have a preference. And I'm like, well, I'm going to, I don't think it really matters. Like, what do you think about that? Like, because I know that you study sex a lot. Like, so say you're like a bisexual woman. 
and like that you mm-hmm. like the emotion of women and you like the sexual aspects of a man yeah like, do you think that they choose a preference like why like why is that a thing i feel like that's incredibly like unfair and like almost awkward like i can't imagine being bisexual and someone asking me like what do you like better like obviously if it's a friend or someone like that's okay but like do you, mm-hmm. do you see where i'm getting at like I definitely do. Yes. So that is like kind of what we chatted about. Um, me and a couple friends, we were saying like, why is it that when someone says I'm bisexual, one of the first questions people ask is which one do you prefer? Well, you know what, Susan, on a Monday, maybe I prefer women. And maybe on a Tuesday, I prefer men. No, I'm just I also kidding, think but seriously, it guys, might take you a little bit to figure that out. I agree. I think it's a whole lifelong journey of going on the spectrum and deciding like who you want to have sex with or who you want to be romantic with and say you're a woman and you marry a woman that could just Mm -hmm. be like you found your soulmate and a woman but like Mm -hmm. your soulmate and a man could still be out there or maybe you would have been better off with a man or maybe you're not and you're with who you're supposed to be with but i always feel like that's a little awkward and i always get a little awkward when people ask people that in front of me because i'm like I'm like, Jesus, I'm like, they probably don't even know. Mm-hmm. Or like their types. Like I was talking to my friend the other day who has recently um, come out and we're talking about, he's a man and we're talking kind of like about types. And I'm like, I don't, I don't even know what my type is. <laughs> like <laughs> I've always been into men. I don't know. Either, I don't girl. even know what I like. Miranda, but I know what you, I know what you don't like, but I sure as hell don't know what you do like. <laughs> hell no. Like I'm still I've, trying to figure no that idea. out. And I was telling him, I'm like, sometimes it's like trial and error. Like, you got to go out on a date with like eight Wall Street Pete. And then you got like, then you got like the nice guy that's like so nice. And it's almost awkward. Sorry, nice boys. Like, I'm like, mm-hmm. I think life like is all about experimenting. I was telling my friend, like, I've had this conversation actually a lot recently because I was very nervous about this episode. You know, like you figure out a lot about yourself, sexual and romantic experiences. Yeah, And I think that's really important, especially for someone who might have a hard time, like identifying other aspects about themselves, like in general. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes other people can like help you do that. Um, So I, I, I always like tell when I when I am in, that, in those conversations, I always tell people I'm like, don't focus so much on like finding a type rather just like every person that you come in contact with like you know like what you liked about them what you didn't like if you don't like i don't know like college athletes because you think that they're whatever you don't like people in in, like in music because you're not like you're not a music person like i feel like it's it's definitely Mm -hmm. easier to find what you don't like but we always do go back to what we don't like but you know how that goes 100% like we always go back to like what we don't like it's so much easier to say I don't like this about myself than it is to say I like this about myself and it's so much easier to say I don't like this about someone else than you know than I do like this about someone else like that takes being completely vulnerable and setting yourself aside that shows humility that shows like I see you as you and I'm interested in you because xyz you know but it's hard Miranda, I have a question for you. What's up? I got an answer. Maybe. What's up? What's popping? 
So now say you're dating a lovely uh-huh. gentleman and he tells you one day, Miranda, I think I want to experiment with a guy. How would you feel? And this is where I want your honest answer because we've talked about this a lot. Yeah. And this is becoming more common. And I'm asking you this question, not just to ask you, I'm asking you this for my listeners, for our listeners, because this is going to be a common thing. This is happening. This is life today. This is what Gen Y and Gen Z are, you know, normalizing. Yeah. Um, so I would definitely like be happy that they came to me and like opened up because I feel like that's a big thing. And that's something that isn't normalized. So it's scary. It would definitely catch me off guard if I'm entering a relationship with what I think is a straight guy. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as, you know, like the judgmental side, I think I would be supportive and like let them kind of maybe take time to figure out what they needed to figure out. Um, and I don't yes. know if this, if this would have always been my answer, but I think I'm more educated on a lot of this stuff now. And I have friends that have come out recently and I have just, I've had more conversations with people. Um, and I know, I don't know how hard it is because I've never experienced it, but I can only imagine how hard it is to kind of mask that about yourself and not be fully mm-hmm. like aware and honest with yourself and kind of hide that. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's very, I, like, I feel bad that people have to go through that. So I definitely would yeah, be caught off guard, but I would be, I would be supportive. And are you asking if you wanted to like experiment with like me and other men like together no, or just like, episode. what? Oh, that's another episode. Okay. <laughs> that's a different say, episode, um, girl. I don't think we're talking about threesomes just yet. Okay. We don't have to talk about threesomes yet. Those are fun though. That Miranda, I'm dead. I'm so dead. You're like, wait, do you mean if he wants to experiment with me too? That's so cute. But anyways, nope, he's um, just gonna leave me. That bye. I don't like <laughs> girls anymore. So this is the thing. I asked Miranda this question because this is kind of like what I did. Um, like I had experimented with girls earlier on, and then I said to my partner and I didn't say this like entry way of dating like hey we're dating let me just lay this all out there I kind of said it later on in the relationship where I was like yes like this is something I've done and yes this is more about my sexuality and I expected him to be like oh shit wow because let me tell you Miranda when we were in high school and one of our friends came out as bisexual I can tell you right now, our young asses were like, whoa, 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 whoa. What's going on here? Like, what? Like, that was just our normal reaction because mm-hmm. we hadn't been used to it. We hadn't been educated. Yeah, absolutely. We hadn't been exposed. And then after years go by and, you know, I'm figuring things out. So it's kind of like he was just like, oh, okay, that's cool. <laughs> I mean, he's a guy. I'm sure he he uh, thinks it's, yeah. Like, guys, I feel like, I feel like that's a softer conversation on the, on the woman's side, to be honest, just yes. with how society is and how guys like love when girls even like make out. So oh, I feel yeah, like let's softer talk about than that. like if my boyfriend was to tell me, then if like my boyfriend was to tell me, um, like, Hey Miranda, like I, I think I'm into men too, because there's more, what's the word? No, there is more acceptance for women being bisexual. With women. I mean, even back to like, 
Katy Perry, like I kissed a girl and I liked it. Like we were how you I mean like girls kissing girls is like I mean I feel like I see that more than I see like PDA. Like Yes. You know, like that's I a lot of my like when I've been drunk and out, like I've kissed a lot of my girlfriends or they kissed me or whatever. And it's like, well, look, if you've seen guy friends kissing that two guys two straight men kissing, I feel like people would talk shit. Dude, that is so true. I want to stick with that for a second. So I have noticed that too. Like in the bar scene in undergrad, if I were to ever kiss a girl, not confirming nor denying, if I were to ever do that at the bar and there were men around and girls around, the girls would be like, woo, yay, like look at my friend, awesome. And the guys would be like, oh, hot, shit, damn, yes, that's like, let's go home. (laughs) Like, can I take both of them home? However, if it was a guy friend, which I would say was more rare, but a guy friend who, you know, was known as being straight, going to kiss another guy, which I have seen happen. Um, the people, everyone be like, wait, what? What's going on? Huh? And like, it's very rare that you would see someone like cheer them on. Right. And I don't know if that changed in the college setting right now. I mean, there's COVID. So hopefully no one's making out at bars. Oh, please, I hope um, yeah. But like, I think that is so true that that happens and it's so shitty yeah that some men want to experiment which is let me tell you listeners is completely normal Mm -hmm. completely and more common than we think way more common than you guys think way more the older i get and the more i get educated the more i realize wow this is like a thing and i feel bad that men aren't able to explore their sexualities as openly as women are yeah. So, Landry, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. As, um, so for when it comes to couples or when it comes to entering a relationship, do you think sexuality and like kind of like a conversation like we're having now is necessary, appropriate, whatever to kind of like ask those questions and maybe avoid like eight months down the line, my boyfriend telling me that he's more into men or he thinks he's into men? Like, I feel like I've never even, I think I've, I think guys have asked me if I've been with girls and I, I, I assume that they mean sexually, but I don't think mm-hmm. I've actually ever sat down with a guy and talked about like, have you, like, I've I never like actually talked about this stuff. I don't think I've ever done that. No. Yeah. That is common though. Like same, like I had not been doing that and what I'm going to answer your question here. So do I think it's necessary? No. This is why I don't think it's necessary because if you're not comfortable talking about your sexuality just yet, that's one thing. But I will say, do I think it's helpful and do I think it will only benefit your relationship? Frick, yes. I think, hell yes, talk about it. If you want to have great sex and you want to have an open conversation and trust, it might sound weird to lay out all that out on the first, you know, whatever whatever it may be, but that stuff brings you so much closer together. And if I thought about it sooner to tell my partner now, I 100% would have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good answer. I feel like we we circle around a lot to like communication and having conversations. Um, You know, that like we talk about like these conversations that people don't really want to have. Um, But I definitely do think there's a, there's something that comes into play where, you know, don't open the doors that don't need to be opened quite yet. 
Um, yes. Kind of like feel things out, you know, because someone that's not accepting and open-minded, who knows how they're going to react to that so quickly on. Yeah. Um, and you might find out someone you, this, it might be good because you might find out someone is homophobic and that will just hurt you and break your heart later on to oh, have yeah. to be with someone who is that way. Absolutely. So it could be a strategy on your end, listener. Like if you're ever thinking about, okay, like I want to experiment, I want to explore, which let me say again, is so common. Like I want to explore, then maybe getting a feeler out with who you're with sooner rather than later. So that if it is something that you really are, you know, strongly feeling and wanting to do, you're not dealing with someone who's going to shoot you down and make you feel uncomfortable for even talking about it. How yes. do you feel? How do you feel about people using other people to mask their sexuality? Like, what do you think about it? Like, I, I've definitely no, no. known of situations like that. I have heard of many situations like that, too. That is also very common where people date um, someone of the opposite sex just to hide their sexuality. Um, I mean, I guess there's more space to do that if you're somewhere in the middle on the spectrum. But if you're somewhere on the end of the spectrum, say more gay and, you know, and when I say you're on the side of the spectrum that is more gay, let me clarify, you're on the side that's saying like, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe I think this person of the opposite sex is good looking. Like that's a good looking guy or that's a good looking girl, but I'm not sexually attracted. I would still say that makes you fall on the, like the 98% point of being gay. Like, cause you can still identify the opposite sex as attractive. That's my own view. It might not be yours. It'd be interesting for you guys to look up let me continue so because i could only assume i could only assume like the the wedge or the void that that could bring in a relationship um and i personally think alandra and you know like you can feel when people aren't present sexually mm -hmm. and oh, mentally yes, um and i really feel like that would be something that would make you not present because it 100% would make you disengage from the relationship yeah, because... that you were in. If you were in a relationship, go on, Miranda. Oh, no, you're fine. <laughs> no, because I think, you know, I I feel like when you when you have like all these thoughts in your head and your mind or whatever, I feel like that kind of can transfer over to how you are sexually. You know, like if you're not, um, then the other person's going to know. <laughs> like, or, you know, like if someone is, is not enjoying sex with you, out of nowhere or like over time the sex kind of gets weird or uncomfortable or not like what it used to be um or you're not you know affectionate or whatever the way it used to be like i feel like that's all things that the other person's gonna pick up on girl you said it earlier you straight up said you know the way you have sex or how you have sex tells you a lot about yourself and if you are not like if you're not engaged in sex or something feels off and you're thinking of the same sex or you're thinking of experimenting or whatever it may be listen to your body if your body is disengaged something is up it might not have anything to do with sexuality but at the same time it very much so might so explore that ask yourself why am i disengaged from sex right now are we fighting did someone cheat like is something off like ask yourself that and if sexuality is the, the reason 
me and Miranda are going to go back and tell you to communicate. I know we sound like a Barney, Barney episode, like communicate. Like, I feel like we're like preaching to the kids, like communicate, but whatever. But Miranda, I'll answer your question. I think it's very common that people um, date someone of the opposite sex to hide their sexuality. My thoughts on that are that's a journey for them. And I feel my heart goes out to people who have to, who feel like they have to hide their sexuality by dating the opposite sex, Mm -hmm. because that didn't stem from nowhere. That came from childhood, that came from criticism, that came from bullying. And just so you know, if you needed a sign to leave your heterosexual, heteroromantic relationship to experiment, do it. This is your sign, dude. Absolutely. And I just think a lot of it too is like, I know it's hard, like, you can say what you want and you can read all the books and you can listen to all the podcasts, but you know, someone can't make you confident in any aspect of your life. But we'll say like with the whole sexuality mm-hmm. thing, like you own it. Like if you like girls, if you like guys, if you like everybody, like, I mean, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Like if that's what makes you happy, fuck it. Like that's, I think everyone in life deserves yeah. to be involved with whoever makes them happy and surround themselves with whoever makes them happy. Because like, what's a life if you're not like, I've always been. Yes. Along with you, Landry, like, you know, I feel like we've always been like comfortable enough with ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. so it's hard for me to put myself in someone yeah. else's shoes and I'm trying to, and I can't imagine like living a life that isn't really how I live. Or how, like, or who I want to be with. Yes. So my heart really goes out. No, seriously. And like, I'm even, yeah. And I'm even sitting here saying like, yeah, like I'm not completely straight and I'm not completely gay and I'm not exactly in the middle, but I can say that and I can come out and say that because as I mentioned, it's more accepted for women to be that way. And I can't imagine how it must be for someone who is male or gender nonconforming, who feels like they can't do that just yet and it I feel like like Miranda said our hearts go out but this is your sign if you want to and also know that the generations that are younger are normalizing this guys I have clients who literally 90% of my clients are bisexual and you know they're younger my clients are younger and it's just like okay this is a new world. Like this is really a new world. And there's a sexual awakening happening that maybe wasn't happening in the past, or maybe it was behind closed doors. Um, What do you do? Teens? I feel like that's when people are like, I'm bi-curious. I like girls, all that stuff. But I feel like I've seen a lot of experimenting in college. A lot. I was like, like, yes, everyone everyone is getting there. Like, yeah, I've not heard, I've not heard teens in my family, clients, no matter who it's, who it's been, tell me they're bi-curious. It's, they'll straight up be like, listen, dude, I'm bisexual and I fuck with it. And let me also say like college people at Niagara University, let me tell you, I'm calling you all Oh, out. same at Coastal. You like, guys are sexual oh, Lord. Catholic school, my yeah. ass. No, we're going to, I want to, I want to like <laughs> do a whole episode on comics because Guys, I, yeah, and I'm also joking. We are doing an episode on that. That's going to be so fun. But guys, I'm joking when I say Catholic school my ass. Like, I know Catholics have sex too. Okay. I, I was just making a joke. Maybe it was insensitive, but if it was to anyone, apologies, apologies. No, that's funny because that, there's, there's like this facade that like Catholic people, I'm Catholic. So, you know, those shit ain't true. Um, 
are like these innocent little church mouse. <laughs> and it ain't like that. Sorry, Dad. They're not. Oh, Scotty, sorry. He's in the booth. You know, sorry. But also, at least we didn't say. Little, at least we said let's do sex. A little, little, little upbringing, like a little clip. Um, Alondra, I told you I talked to my mom. Kind of like Alondra, when was introduced to sexuality? Like it not being a man and a female, uh, male and ma- like male and female. When was it? Oh, I'm trying to think. I was pretty young. I would say like maybe ten or eleven. I can't remember exactly. I remember seeing like two women dating so and that was it yeah so for mine about yours um i me and my siblings all went to daycare um that you went to like if your parents worked in the hospital so it was interesting mm-hmm. and i remember this girl i was friends with her name was emma and she had two moms yeah. and i i me and my mom were texting about it and i was laughing and she was like i thought it was interesting you asked us why you didn't have two moms. You didn't ask, like, why doesn't Emma have a dad? You you kind of normalized her. Aw. Yeah. And, uh, you know, That's cute sweet. little Miranda. So, yeah, young and Miranda. My mom explained to me I was six. <laughs> so, she was, Miranda, some people have two moms. Some people have two dads. And some people, like you guys, have a mom and a dad. And, obviously, she's not going to get into, like, gender non you know, all that stuff when I'm six. I think that's a little, I wouldn't have, you know, known what she yeah. was saying. And so I understood at that time, it, at that time, it wasn't even like, um, discussed like today, younger kids are learning about it. But at that time, definitely we were not oh, ed- no. being educated so on any of that. She said that, you know, I was, I was confused that I didn't have two moms. Um, and obviously when you're six, like you're, you, you still like love your parents. I mean, you always love your parents, but like, you know, I was always like, whatever, like the, I wanted to be the favorite child. So one time I got in a fight with my dad, <laughs> like not a fight. Like I was just mad at him because probably because he didn't do something I wanted. And he, and she's, and I said to my mom and my dad, I was like, it's fine. Like, I'll just go get another mom. Like Emma. <laughs> and they're like, okay, girl, whatever. But it's like funny. Cause so it's like six years old. I wasn't, I didn't think there was anything wrong. And I shouldn't have thought there was anything wrong with Emma having two moms. Like I thought it was cool. Yeah. No, th- and that just and that just shows the way you were raised too. It shows that your parents weren't being homophobic and they weren't saying all this stuff, right? But there are some people our age and even old and especially older who and younger who have parents who have said their whole lives oh, yeah. this is wrong. I think this is 100%. Wrong. Um I wish we talked about this earlier. Like I think 150% is what you were I mean my dad, like, would say, like, little things to us. Like, not bad, but, like, and I, like, still remember him saying that stuff. Like, they instill it in your brain. And, like, if you have parents that were, ho- like, that were against that kind of stuff, like, that's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess that's why that you think that way. Yeah, let me go off of that, too, is, like, my little sister is openly bisexual, Um, has been for a very long time, since she's 20 years old now, and she was... uh probably uh, I would say 15 maybe 16 when she came out and I remember like I had been thinking about it and I wasn't sure and I wanted to experiment but didn't know like what was going on but I it was recently actually that I said to my dad because you know my dad heard he wasn't sure um pretty sure my sister told him and he just didn't buy it um my dad is very traditional very conservative 
even though the dude has five kids <laughs> with four different women. Sorry, yeah, Dad. I see Sorry, you. Sorry, I see you. Yeah. So, anyways, Dad. So he, I kind of said to him, "Oh, you, like you know, like my like." I'm not going to say my sister's name, but I was like, you know, she's like bisexual, right? Like we were talking about sexuality and he just laughed and he was like, oh, no, she's not like as if it weren't a thing. And that was me testing him to say, like, if I were to ever say anything like that, like that I had been with women, how would he react? Because my dad and I are very close. My sister and I have different moms, so we didn't grow up in the same household. Only some of the time we did. But and I was just kind of testing the waters and I was even scared to say anything then and there. But obviously I'm not too scared because I'm making a podcast about it. Like my dad, I know will love and accept me no matter what. Andre, I like that you said yeah. uh, he wouldn't buy it. Like, I feel like a lot of times when we tell people things, they think we're like Josh and them. Like they think that we're not telling the truth or we're trying to like get a reaction or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like you said that he's like conservative and old school. And I would say the same that I would say um, it's like the same for my parents. But when it comes to, you know, being gay or being lesbian, bisexual, whatever, I think a lot of that stuff now, which it, it's always been around, that's always been a thing, is coming out more now. Yeah. I mean, people are, in a, you know, in a way being more, like, um, accepting and, you know, people are coming out younger. But, like, I can honestly tell you that I don't have anyone in my family and if they are, it's not public. Like, like people don't know about it. I would be interested to see if that would ever happen and yeah, like what so, the family's response would be. And me, but no but see me that. going to family functions and being going to weddings of male and female, and me not being around, you know, gay, lesbian, bisexual people, it doesn't make my views any different. I'm just kind of like, oh, like I know my I know how my family is, old school. Or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever they are. And I, I do think, though, there's not really anyone yeah, I, that I think would be judgmental or not accepting. I think more of, like, it'd be, like, the first person, you know? Like, say I was to be yeah. a lesbian, I would be the first person in my family to come out and, and do that. Yeah. And I wonder if, like, after this episode, if you'll have a family member reach out. Because you do have a lot of family members who listen Maybe one will reach out and be like, hey, Miranda, you know, I've, I actually have experimented or, hey, I've done this or I've been thinking about this. Yeah, and that'd be cool. It would be. And hey, mine's the opposite. Everyone in my family, I feel like, is bisexual. All of us. Yeah, well, that's just like, like... It's just, it just goes to show like <laughs> yeah. the diversity between families and between life. And like, it's so funny how like you could have multiple people that are that and I have no one, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. It goes to show you how much family dynamic plays in who we are, who, you know, what our sexuality is, what our romantic life is, what our trauma is. Yes, trauma, because family is the number one cause Absolutely. of trauma. Um, That's another episode. So we'll we'll wrap this up, but I do want to touch on Mental Health and Awareness Week. He is very um, yes, near and dear to us. Thank Alondra you. is a mental health counselor. I was going for psychology and got pretty far, but changed my mind to biz. But that's okay for the pod um mm-hmm. but i just want to say like don't forget about your friends or people that were once close to you in life you know always reach out um the people yeah. that look like they have it the most together they always don't and you never know like how you could impact someone 
just by like a text, an emoji, anything. Anything. Yeah. And we both you said know, anything at the same time. Go ahead, Landra. Sorry. Um, it's okay. I was going to say too, and considering this episode, check in on your LGBTQ plus friends too, because they are more at risk of suicide than anyone else will mm-hmm. on the sexuality spectrum. So just, you know, check in on those friends, check in on your counselor friends, check in on your black friends, because this world right now with Black Lives Matter is, I could only imagine detrimental. I have a lot of family members struggling right now. Check in on your friends. I hold, you know, suicide prevention near and dear to my heart. It's something I've worked closely with, have for a very, for now like two years and Um, Yeah, there's obviously things I can't share on this podcast, but yes, it's something very close to my heart. And I also want to put put out a plug and say the first transgender suicide hotline has actually been developed. I'm trying to find the number online to give you guys, but weirdly enough, it's not popping up. Oh, that is. So that's very exciting. Also, though, and, you know, when you're checking up on other people, don't forget to check up on yourself because you matter, too. Yes. If you're not checking in on yourself first, please do not put your energy elsewhere. You have to fill your own cup first. You have to. I say it all the time. You have to. This is another sign for you. If you're not taking care of your own mental health and you're always worrying about everyone else, put the phone down. Stop. Absolutely. And and remember to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, please. We'll talk to you next Thursday. And during all this mental health awareness stuff, if you don't think you can talk to your friends, you can message Alondra and I. There's only so much she can say with um, her, you know, being a therapist. But we're always up for, you know, some good quotes and memes to send you. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. All right, guys. All right, we'll bye. check in with you next Thursday.